All right, cool. All right. <clears throat> yeah, I can feel myself losing my voice, and I've that been was a very, very like Beyonce beat, like <clears throat> <laughs> the shoulder shimmy too. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Wildly Tarot Podcast. Hi, Esther. Hi, Holly. We have more tarot and pop culture that we need to Yay! talk about. I'm so excited about this because I finally it finally came out on Korean Netflix over the weekend, so I was oh able to gosh. like watch it on Saturday. So what are we going to so, talk about, Holly? We're going to talk a little bit about the Netflix original movie Wine Country that yes. I loved, and I had been looking forward to it forever because I love those comedians. It's like Amy Poehler, Maya Rudolph, Paula Powell, Rachel Dratch. Who's the curly haired girl's named? I can't remember. Anyway. I did not grow up on SNL like comedian, so we're great <laughs> that I have Amy Poehler down from Parks and Rec. Yeah, there you go. And <laughs> in a pre in an early, early episode, I confused Amy Poehler and Rachel Dratch, so I'm glad that I finally got them together. You did it, Holly. <laughs> yeah, I did it. But anyway, so uh I have been really, really looking forward to this movie forever, no matter what. And Color me surprised when yes. there's like a whole freaking tarot plot. And it was like it. a big thing. It wasn't yeah. like a like a little sort little thing. Like everyone got a little individual reading. So much. I know. It was crazy. Okay, Emily Spivey, and then I also missed Anna Gasteyer, who I love. And Tina and Fey so is good. in it briefly. Tina Fey was hilarious. Yeah, Tina Fey was freaking weird and great, and I loved her. <laughs> I loved her. Um, but yeah, so like it's just a movie that's about this girls' weekend, and at one point they have a tarot reader come in to read for the group, and this is why people keep asking us about it, I think. It's true, yeah. First of all, she pulls one single major arcana card for each of the women. And I was like, what is the chance that would happen? Did she just split off all the major arcanas and just pull (laughs) a major arcana for everybody? Exactly. Oh, and I will say that she used the golden universal tarot. Yeah, I have that deck. So it was like a recognizable deck, which Which I was like, that was nice because like, it's not a deck that we're all gonna be Googling like, what's this deck? What's this deck? It's actually like a usable deck that we can find pretty easily. So exactly. And she also the other reason that people have brought her up to us is that she's like very brusque and kind of <laughs> off putting as a person. Like, and was... she charged like five hundred dollars <laughs> for know. reading one major arcana card for each of these women. people. <laughs> well, and then she did like the group reading, but it was it like blew my mind that she was like so mystical, but yet so rude. Yeah, she was so, so, so rude. Yeah. Like she walks in and she's like, oh, the energy here is just it. no, actually she walks in by saying she got lost and that the house is impossible to find. Yeah. And then she talks about how the energy in the room is horrible and she needs to like smoke she says smudge but she needs to like sage the whole place and then she sits down to do the reading and she like we said pulls just one major arcana card per person Mm -hmm. and there's this one really really funny scene i don't even remember which card comes up because we didn't prepare for this at all we just were like oh let's talk about wine country country. yeah but when (laughs) emily spivey's character just disappears from the chair was that the wheel of fortune she like yes i think it's the wheel of fortune yeah (laughs) and she looks up and she's just gone gone. it's an empty chair (laughs) i love that so much and then how paula pell's character is so like ooh the chariot's really cool let me tattoo the chariot and then she gets yeah. what what death or something and they're like do you want to get this one tattooed no it was the hermit or oh, the her- hermit okay like do you yeah, want this tattooed like, want i this was one like to be tattooed. why was the chariot so significant to get tattooed because it's not the best looking card in the deck at all yeah, i think that she was just trying to make conversation which <laughs> is very very relatable i yeah. paula character was like i just saw 80, that's 80 percent holly and then the rest of it was maya rudolph oh oh, oh. We've got some dog feelings. Mac happening. agrees with me, apparently. Yeah. 
But anyway, so I thought that the tarot readings were pretty fine. I thought that the individuals were really good. But then yeah, the when we got to the group was one, confusing. Yes. I was very confused. Yeah. We should have prepared for this because we, we don't remember what card she pulled. Okay, so <laughs> Okay, so the women get their tarot cards read. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why people have been asking us about it because she is like very off putting, the tarot card reader. And she starts by being like, like talking about how bad traffic was or how lost she was. And then is like, the energy here is all wrong. And when she finally sets everything up, she's like, just so freaking intense. Yeah. So she starts by giving a reading, just a one card reading for everybody. And then ends with the group reading, which we already kind of talked about. It's really funny to see everyone's reactions to it. And because she's like, not a very positive person. And I I guess I didn't realize like the only time she gets positive is only when the death card comes up, which is kind of. (laughs) hilarious because of course that's the one that freaks everyone out the most exactly yeah but who goes first i believe amy poehler's character went first oh right 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 and she got the chariot she got the chair technically reversed Mm -hmm. but yeah she got the chariot and then next was anna I don't know her last name. Gastire. Gastire. Okay, thank you. I, I only had gas, and I was like, that's not doing <laughs> that's very <wrong>. well. <laughs> <laughs> and she had the Five of Pentacles, because in the storyline in her um, for her was trying to figure out if she was going to go to a TV program or, or not. Yeah. So. Oh, I guess that not everyone did get major arcanas. It just seemed like seemed there like, were a yeah. lot of major arcanas. I think arcanas. she was the only one who didn't in that Yeah, group. she was. You're right. Which is interesting. <laughs> Like, but actually kind of symbolic because the entire movie, she feels like she she's feels being left, left out. out. That's true. I'm 100% sure that that was not intentional, that, but probably it does not. They were just really looking for well. a card that meant like money. And that's the only one that means money. Because the and it means really like no major. poverty. Yeah. And then next was Paula Pell's character and she got the fool. <laughs> Sweet which I think Paula was so Pell. adorable. Aww. She's like, I'm really trying to meet somebody. And I just I love, love like her. with her knee surgery and like just like feeling herself and jumping everywhere. I feel like it's very full. Yeah, totally. And then next was I looks like an E Spiby. Emily. <laughs> Emily. <laughs> <laughs> Should we let the record show that we did start bantering about this and then have to go look up like rewatch that part of the movie? Because both of us had totally forgotten what happened. <laughs> what happened? Well we, we we didn't we knew it happened, just didn't remember specifics. Yeah, we so. didn't remember every single card that ever. We didn't expect got. to do this piece. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. we're here for you researching in the moment. On the yeah. record. So she got the devil, which she was the writer character, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. And she was wanting to go home the whole weekend. Yeah. She was like not comfortable with being there at all and all that stuff. And she ended up running away completely. Yeah. And that's the, the most hilarious thing because she's like, the reader is talking about her being like trapped in her own emotions. And then the, it like pans up and the seat's empty. She's and she's like, where'd she go? Where'd she go? She's trapped in her own emotions. She's trapping herself she's right like, now. She's like, fuck this. I'm out of here. <laughs> and then Maya Rudolph got the death card, which yes. kind of echoes back to like some medical, like, phone call that she received and so she yeah. has like all this fear and stuff but that's of course when the reader gets really excited she's like no 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 it's just like the best no, the card. death is a wonderful card <laughs> like after telling everyone that the fool and the chariot were like inherently negative all of a sudden the death card is like the only <laughs> positive like the one she can one. come up with and then we have <laughs> rachel drash's character got the wheel of fortune 
Right. And she's the cutest. So cute. But it's also really, yeah, it just, I guess it did kind of like super, like each person's individual card related to their journey. So whoever they hired to be the consultant Consultant. on that did a really good job. Yeah. And then for the group reading, that was the only part where it kind of like lost it. Oh, hey, Maggie Max. She just jumped up. She's like, Mama, let's go back to bed. Yeah, what are you doing downstairs? (laughs) Yeah, she's like fully standing next to me. I feel like it's because you're going to use dog tarot today. Yeah, I am using the dog tarot. For the group reading, they pulled the Four of Wands in between the Seven of Cups and Temperance. And the whole interpretation is about how they're going to like get into a big fight, basically. Yeah. And the Temperance card was like really strangely interpreted. Yeah, she's talking about how, like, like those stones used to be gems, but time has worn them into dull stones. And it's like, I get that they wanted that because they're all, like, they're, it's about a it's 50th like birthday aging, trip. So yeah. they want people to feel like, oh, yeah, we used to all be these gemstones. Our friendships used to be sparkling and new, and now they're all, like, faded well, and Use, like, out. the Nine of Cups reversed or something, because that's kind of, like, to me would be more, Better like, than temperance. I don't know. So <laughs> that was weird, but the rest of yeah. it was great. Yeah, yeah. And it was a really fun movie. I I liked it. I did too. I mean, there definitely was some like emotional stuff in the middle, but I thought overall it was really, really well done and super funny. Yes. Yes. I think so. It was a really good balance. Temperance. Yeah. There you go. Maybe that's where the temperance came into play. Pretense. (laughs) I doubt it. But yeah, everyone was asking us about, are tarot readers really like this? Like, we're like, no, this is not representative. A lot of friends and family members that know that we do this tarot podcast were like, oh my God, did you see it? Did you see it? I was getting tagged and stuff a lot. And I was like, yes, I did see it. She was fine. But also literally for a party like that, I would probably, even if I were reading in front of the whole group, I would Mm -hmm. make a concerted effort to pull enough cards that the message were at least like something with an action step rather than just like, Oh, you're in the pits. It would be like what you can do to get out of the pits and pull another card because it's a party. If somebody's paying me $500 to be there. (laughs) Well, first of all, we would not charge $500. Yeah, exactly. Just like, honestly, we would not charge $500 (laughs) for like a 20 minute reading like that. (laughs) I know. Seriously. $500. Maybe if you were doing like an, a whole event exactly yeah maybe but yeah it was bananas but it was also really fun and i like seeing tarot stuff and it wasn't like it wasn't like negative it wasn't negative i mean she was kind of weirdo but it wasn't like scary like it wasn't used as a plot point to terrify people and then later in the movie as stuff was happening they were like just like the reader said yeah that was really great (laughs) and it wasn't like the reader said this and we're angry at her it was more like oh wow this is actually pretty enlightening yeah oh she ended up being totally right even though we couldn't see it at the time which was kind of cool yeah yeah so yeah i mean check it out yeah now that we've done a whole synopsis of it (laughs) we haven't even gotten to card of the day (laughs) (laughs) we'll get to the card of the day holly do a card of the day just that we're not just all over the place uh we do have actual content to talk about it's not just about how much we love amy poehler that's true our card of the day is the ten of pentacles Ooh, which is great yeah it's actually so like esther mentioned today i'm using the dog tarot and so the ten of pentacles which was a birthday gift from my friend 
It's a oh puppies. It's golden retriever with a oh. bunch of different retriever pups. And they're all playing under an apple tree. Oh my gosh, that's so, that's so cute. cute. Yeah. This I've ne- I can't believe I've never seen this deck before because there's so many dogs in it. Oh yeah. I've considered getting it, but I was afraid reading with it because I got the an- animal totem tarot and I couldn't like visually read with it. It was difficult. Yeah, it's it's pretty closely aligned with uh Smith Waite decks, and so it's not that hard to read okay. with actually. Okay, that's good. So yeah, Ten of Pentacles today. Ten of Pentacles. Yeah, we're feeling full of love and establishment for us <laughs> feeling su- to me it's like a settled card like you've like settled yourself into kind yeah. of what you're doing and everything's known and you're just feeling good so yeah, yeah exactly even though we did spend the first 20 minutes talking about a movie <laughs> that's fine <laughs> and people know us by now they yeah, can exactly. skip ahead when wait totally until they find our topic. theme song and they're fine yeah so. exactly it is tarot related <laughs> yeah exactly we aren't totally off topic yeah. So today we're doing a slightly less beginner tarot because we already did the good place to start episode. So this is like part two of the good place to start. We want to go into just a little bit of additional detail for people who already know what they literally are, what the cards literally are, and talk a little bit about like beginning a reading and stuff like that. Yeah. 2.0. Yeah, exactly. A good place to start 2.0. Yeah. Or actually, since I work at a college, my brain is like, it's like that was 001 because <laughs> that's is... how we code our classes. And this is like 101. 101. <laughs> OK. Good place to start. 101. So why do we want to start by talking about? Why don't we just start from like the beginning? I would like to do like grounding, centering stuff because okay. I feel like that's. Something that people talk a lot about, but they don't talk in detail of kind of like what exactly that means and how to they kind of go about it. They just kind of be like, oh, ground yourself. Okay, yeah, great. I'm like, sitting on the floor. Like, yeah. Well, and my mom asked me about grounding the other day because she has a friend who kind of gets a little bit sucked into like MLM stuff. Oh, yeah. And he was saying like, oh, the only way to ground is if you have these specific things on you so that you're like channeling literal and like metal like copper wiring basically that whatever this product is and if you're if you sleep with this copper wiring on your socks or something that's like that's the way that you can ground (laughs) yeah exactly and it's like it is so much easier than that yeah yeah so how do you kind of go about grounding or centering yourself I have a a lot of different ways just depending on how I'm feeling. I think that probably my most, all of them are visualization exercises. Okay. I'll start with that. The one that I use the most with tarot specifically is a visualization exercise where I close my eyes and I take in really deep breaths and try to imagine a white light that's centered sort of in my third eye opening. And then I take in another deep breath and I push the light out throughout all of my body, just slowly but surely oh. as I take multiple breaths. Okay. So I like feel like I try to visualize opening my third eye. And then with every subsequent breath, I push that light into different parts of my body. Okay. And it makes me feel connected and like really ready to receive messages and be open to my intuition. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So that's what I like doing for tarot reading. Uh, But for like protection, I would do a white light 
like bubble surrounding, which we yeah. talked about before you and I have. And then if I'm feeling just like sort of frantic, I do full blown like visualizing roots growing out of my feet and deep into the cool, cool ground. Yeah. So that's if I'm feeling like, oh my God, I can't get it together. Like I'm feeling so out of it. <laughs> yeah. And I've even done this through like I, my old office was on the fourth floor of a building and I would still do that. Like imagining my roots growing through all of the walls into the cool ground. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I've used the, especially the bubble for protection has been really helpful for me, especially when you go around like energy vampire sort of things. Yeah, totally. And that's really like been helpful for grounding before like tarot readings usually. And I don't even like adhere to chakra stuff, but visually I like the having those points in your body, like where you focus on the point. And I am always imagining basically each chakra is basically like a lotus flower in that color. Mm -hmm. And so when I breathe in, it blooms in that color and then kind of goes back down. And the next breath, it blooms like the next two, like two and then three and then four. So So we're both kind of doing like a ladder methodology. Do you start with your root chakra? I start with the the root one because going from like bottom and then um, when I get to the top of my head, I like project a white light into like the universe. I don't know what to call it. I think that's fair because I'm accepting white light from the universe when I'm visualizing it. So, yeah, I'm connecting to whatever sort of universal light there is. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I I just basically go up all the chakra points, having them bloom as I breathe in and out. Right. And And if I'm doing a reading that's just like quick or just a card of the day or whatever, I might do just like two deep breaths. Mm -hmm. If I'm doing something that I want, like for somebody else, like if I'm reading for somebody else or if I'm like reading on some topic that I'm really close to, I'll spend more time on it. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't have to be like 10 minutes of visual. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of the time, like for daily readings, I'll just kind of meditate and ponder as I'm shuffling the cards on the question, like taking a few breaths in. You know how I obsessively shuffle. So this could be like a 40 minute (laughs) thing of me shuffling and meditating on the cards. But just in general, it can be like 10 seconds. I'm like thinking of this person. I'm thinking of this card and then drawing stuff. So those are kind of some grounding methods that like I've connected with. I think that that's kind of where I am too. I like the, I mean, I just don't use chakras that often, but I did say third eye, which yeah. is a chakra this, concept. Yeah. So. This is the only time I ever use chakras. Like I don't do anything else with chakras. So I think <laughs> it's just the visual. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's I what... just have a little wariness about the cultural appropriation right, aspect yeah, of yeah. us being like really into chakra work. Yeah. I just like the visualization part, like visual visualization part. There we go. <laughs> we can do it. Yeah, we can do it. You know, because there's different colors. So everything has like a different step and I can remember those colors pretty much. So yeah, I really like that. That's a really, really good call. So that's how we would start it. And then I, we've talked about this before, but like Esther shuffles by counting to seven, then we'll lay stuff out. I mean, we've touched on this in the first, uh, basics episode, but we, I mean, there are a lot of sources on the internet that have really specific rules about what you're supposed to do with this. Like yeah. only draw with your left hand or only take from the top or whatever, but Don't you let can people really touch do your cards. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you can really do whatever makes you feel good. Like I tend to cut randomly into my card deck yeah. to pull cards. Um, I mean, not randomly. I like, I guess I use intuition, <laughs> but I'm not just pulling from the top or just pulling from the bottom necessarily. Mm-hmm. And also it constantly changes. So it just yeah. de- depends on how the mood strikes me yeah. mostly. 
Like I'm not that concerned with it. And also the same with shuffling. Like Esther, the reason that we joke about Esther doing the counting is because she knows that if she doesn't count, she'll just shuffle forever. Yeah. So she created a system to prevent that from happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's because anxiety (laughs) issues. Like I, when I first started tarot, like I would always like, okay, is it, am I ready? Is this the feeling that tells me I'm ready? Oh, I don't know if this is the feeling. Is this the feeling? Is this the feeling? Yeah. Maybe this is the feeling. Did I miss the feeling? Yeah. (laughs) She could be shuffling for like an hour and a half and be like, I still don't know. Should I just stop? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So seven, I don't know how I come up with that number, but I shuffle seven overhand. And when I get to seven, I stop and then count to seven, the seventh card down. And that's when I start. Which I think is a great method. And then I guess moving forward, there are a lot of spreads that you can do that are pretty simple. They don't have to be like 15 cards or even what we do where we pull like two cards for everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I've started I do. to do two cards for I everything. Sort of yeah. forced you into that because it's my weird thing. <laughs> But there are like really good two card spreads, like things like perception versus reality or strength and weakness or Mm -hmm. how I'm feeling, how I'm thinking or all sorts of different like little check in two card spreads. Do you have a favorite one that you like to do? I like challenge and solution because it gives you kind of like way to walk forward because that's what we kind of always like. It's just like a way out of whatever's kind of going on. And then like you said, figure out the fear versus reality. I really like those because same because I can get so my brain some sometimes and it's like um this is reality this is not your brain has made this into something more than it should be yeah like anxiety versus truth almost yeah exactly and then last week I mentioned the window and door and I really liked that because I really like that too I still haven't done it but I love it Yeah, those are my kind of two favorites, two card spread favorites. There we go. Yeah, and there are so many. Like, if you can think of two concepts, you could pull two cards about it. Exactly. But if you have one that is kind of your go-to, that makes it easier for those days where you're like, I really want to read tarot, but I don't have a specific thing in mind yeah and especially when you're learning like that's a really great thing to do because then it isn't quite so much like you're asking the same question over and over and over again you can kind of do other random check-ins rather than just like saying like work is shitty and I'm gonna read about it day after day after day (laughs) yeah exactly the cards will read you constantly so it's nice to have these short little things to kind of like not make it overwhelming yeah and three card spreads are another big one mostly because past present and future is like one of those classic yes popular cards or popular spreads yeah so past present future is probably the most common three card spread but there could even be like what's going on something you should know and how to move forward that's a three card spread yeah even and that's something that we do a lot all the time yeah all the time i like for as a daily thing i always i found this like last year but i like expected unexpected and theme of the day so I kind of like that as a daily sort of morning coffee check-in and then mind body spirit is also a a super popular one because it kind of gives you like a holistic checkup on what's kind of going on I also have seen stuff that's like stop start and continue so like this is what you need to stop doing this is what you need to start doing and this is what you need to keep doing so that's another good one and that could be for anything like a lot of the good the reasons that these are helpful is that you could say like you know, what do I need to do? What do I need to stop, start and continue in terms of like coffee consumption or in terms of my being a better dog parent or whatever? Like you can change the topic, which allows you for more room for practice rather than like getting kind of pigeonholed into like universal truths about yourself. 
<laughs> yeah, because then it gets just too, you just get too much in your brain. And I will say that for a smaller spread, I really like your Enchanted Week Ahead spread for a beginner, oh, especially. Thanks, girl. Oh, and this God. is not like a sponsored like thing, but just in general, <laughs> because it's, it gives you a good like focus without being too overwhelming, like a, like a whole life reading yeah it's just like very simple you can read four cards and and most of the time it's individual you can kind of start to see how they play together in your week and how they connect but it's not like overbearing like you know a spread just even like a two-card spread about like oh my my dog well you know he's being sick like in two cards like death and like the wheel of fortune you're like no you know so (laughs) please do me stop eating grass (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think that the other good thing, the reason that I liked that spread and that I wrote the spread the way that I did is that it's super adaptable based on the situation. So if you wanted to do enchanted day ahead, enchanted month ahead, enchanted meeting ahead, whatever, (laughs) you can like adjust it based on time period. So it's really adaptable, which I think that that's the reason why I like it because it's not just kind of like it doesn't have to be something that you're focused on. It's just kind of like little reminders. Yeah. Yeah. And that actually brings us to our next point, which was not an intentional transition, but like tracking like methods of journaling that information. Because to me, I'm a shit journaler. Yeah. I do such a horrible job. I'm, of I'm not, track I, of I'm not agreeing stuff. with you. I'm saying me too. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. I mean, you know, it's true. Oh yeah. So the only way that I track really consistently, to be honest, is through Instagram posts, honestly, yeah. or just pictures that I took on my phone and didn't end up uploading to Instagram for one re- reason or another. But like, I'm really, really horrible at journaling, but I have bought so many journals. It's actually, oh, yeah. there's a new Kickstarter for a tarot tracker that I can't spring for because I know that I will buy it. It will come to me. I will use it for one week and then I will never open it again. Yes. Another one that I got is called Sacred, a journal and workbook. It's by Sharice Williams. Mm-hmm. And my friend Abby Aligned recommended it on Instagram. Oh. And it's cool because it's super blank and there's a lot of space for like reflection and stuff. But I still, even though I love it and I was like, oh, this is exactly what I was looking for. I still have had it for like six months and have used it like twice. And I know there are like spreadsheets that exist online for tarot tracking. And there are like other, like you can just get like a blank journal and just start writing down your cards of the day and stuff like that. I am just the worst when it comes to journaling things because usually I'll journal like bigger readings. I won't journal smaller things. So like the spirit guide stuff that I've been going through, I will journal that specifically and like highlight congruencies. No, right? Congruencies? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Consistencies. Okay. Consistency. Thank you. I'll highlight that sort of thing to kind of like help remind me, but I don't do that at like on a daily basis to kind of like track like any sort of cards. So if you are interested in learning more about tracking, I would say like, I'm sure the people in the Facebook group do a good job of tracking because we do have that Facebook wildling who is thinking about creating some sort of tracking app. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are, Ren, there are a lot of people in the group who do do a better job of tracking than we do. The only thing that's worked for me this year has been having a actual planner, the planner for a magical 2019, this one that's like kind of a coloring book. And rather than pressuring myself to write everything down, just when it strikes me, I'll just go to that date and write down the cards I pulled. Okay. Because then it's not like, then at the end of this year, you'll see almost like when I was doing a good job of reading or when I wasn't, rather than just like a totally empty notebook with nothing written in it since February. Even though the last time I wrote anything of this was... 
April 1st. Oh, it's been <laughs> almost a month. And it's been, been over been a month. Way more than a month. Almost it's been like two seven months. weeks. Yeah. But I don't even feel bad because you just skip to the next yeah. date that you're looking at and then it's over. You don't have to pay attention <laughs> to that t- amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> and also the other reason that I like doing this is that then at the beginning of each month, I can put my year ahead spread stuff oh, yeah. at the beginning of each month ahead of time rather than having to look through my notes for it. Yeah, that's true. But it's also, I'm mostly saying this to make myself feel better. Totally fine if you never track anything and you just try to remember in your head. Or just but it take is kind pictures of, cool of it. Yeah. when you can look back and be like, back oh, this is see. totally what. Maybe speaking this out loud will be what finds Finally gets Manifest us to start us. tracking better. Yeah. Like yeah. we're going to be better at this starting now. <laughs> sure. We'll tell ourselves that. <laughs> exactly. Do we want to quickly talk about tarot ethics? Because that's kind of been a hot topic recently in some tarot groups. Yeah. I think it also goes along with formulating a, an effective question, which is what we we're going to talk oh, about yeah. next. But oh, sorry. Basically. No, you're okay. Um, basically, uh, there you'll hear a lot of like people's thoughts and opinions about what an ethical reader will do. There's like no end of people who will tell you what readers can and can't do. But I think that this is the thing that came up a lot this week in various Facebook groups, not ours, because ours is drama free, supportive. Yeah, supportive, not (laughs) dramatic. But in some Facebook groups was like the idea of reading on behalf of someone else. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm worried about my sister and she's like not willing to read and I read for her, is that unethical? Like without her permission, basically. Yeah. My argument would be that's really up to your own personal like feelings about the matter. I personally don't have that big of a problem with reading on behalf of somebody else, Mm -hmm. mostly because it's more about because of the way that you frame the question more about how I can support that person right? rather than like what they need to be doing. And then being like, uh, your card said that you needed to blah, 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 blah. blah, <laughs> And you are a total slacker for not doing that right. or whatever. But yeah. if I'm saying like, you know, my sister's going through this hard thing and how can I best support her? Um, then sorry, Jesus Christ, this morning is just going a little bit nuts. <laughs> and actually that's pretty funny that we got the 10 of pentacles. And then my household is just like, Hey, yeah. So present in this episode. So I, I get why people are wary about reading for others without their consent, but like what actually can happen, you know, like if you decide that you have to, or that you're cool with it, what's the worst that can happen? The reading doesn't turn out well. I think for me, it comes down to the motives of the person because a lot of times in tarot groups, we'll see people who are like, how does he feel about me? How does he feel about me when he's with her? And I'm like, that, doesn't have a good motive in mind. Like that's because you're jealous of something that may be happening or may not be happening. And to me, that's like, that's not like healthy for you as an individual person. So it's almost more like, I think you're totally right. What's your motivation about asking questions about someone else's thoughts or behaviors? Right. Like if it's about concern, then I have no problem with it. If it's about jealousy or, you know, frustration even or whatever, then maybe that's less useful. Right. Because like, This past weekend, I did a reading for um, a woman who was like, she wanted to know about how her husband's job and like how, because he's getting like a kind of like lateral promotion. Oh yeah. And so she was like, well, and he really wants it. And so she was like, well, how is it going to go for him? Blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, I, they, first they were like, well, is it okay if I read from like, well, yes, because to me, you're his wife. Yeah. You kind of need, you kind of, it's okay for you to know what's kind of going on with this work 
moves. Yeah. And like, why shouldn't you be concerned? Like, I would yeah. be surprised if you weren't. Exactly. And saying like, what's going on with him and how can I help is different than like, like, how can I know the deep, dark secrets that I can destroy yeah. him? Yeah. Is he having an <laughs> affair with somebody? You know, stuff like that. You know, and but so even like that, I like don't really have that big of a problem with reading for something like that. Maybe I just have terrible ethics. I don't think that I do because no. I really do want everyone to like use tarot to have make their themselves best as, yeah. yeah, as you know, happy and stable as possible. But the other ethics thing that people really have a problem with is medical readings. And mm-hmm. that I kind of get a little yes. bit more because like, obviously tarot should never replace going to see a doctor. Yes. And so if somebody's asking for a bunch of medical readings, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Like to say like, no, bud, if you're really worried about this stuff, go see somebody who actually knows what the hell they're talking about. Exactly. Rather than just, I mean, not the tarot readers don't, but like we can't tarot as a tarot reader, we can't help you with your health problems. Right. You need to go see somebody about it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and we're not replacement of any sort of like therapist or anything like that, you know, we have the best intentions in mind, but we are not replacements for that. So I don't feel like it's our place to be like, oh yeah, let me help you medically with this because I have no degree in that at all. So why are you coming to me asking me about your kidneys? I'm keeping my own shit together. Like you don't want me involved with that. But if you come to me and you say, you know, my mom seems really upset about X, Y, and Z, and I can't really figure out what the root of it is. I can, I would be happy to read for that because you're trying to help your mom. Right. And like the end question is for us, especially, you know, the end question is always how can they move forward in a healthy way? Exactly. It's not and that, I think that maybe yeah. that's the key. Yeah. Is that we're always looking for steps forward rather than just like, here's how your mom can change. And this is how you need to tell your mom how to change. Yeah. Here's what you should tell her about how she should be acting. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So ethics, I think definitely has to do with the individual person, like make that decision and what their kind of their boundaries are and definitely have those before you start reading because people will try to push them. Yeah. And people have a lot of really strong opinions. I was watching a conversation happen where somebody was like, it was my friend's birthday and they're not a terrible believer, but I wanted to see how their year was going to go. And so I pulled all these cards and I'm like, Oh, Oh my God, she's going to have a hell of a year. And people were like commenting like, oh, well, it probably showed up this way because you're not supposed to read for other people. And she's like, well, I don't agree with that. The other person was like, well, we'll have to agree to disagree because, you know, it's unethical for readings to happen like this. And it's like, according to whom? (laughs) Like, who is this governing body that says that we can't say, you know, my I'm curious about my friend's upcoming year and I'm going to read for them. Like, who's going to take away our ability to read tarot you know so it's just bananas like yeah I drew some cards one time for a friend that was wanting to buy a house and I just I was this is like when I was first starting with tarot so I was kind of like curious about like well I wonder how this whole thing works if I read for somebody else that doesn't believe in tarot so I pulled some cards and it was gonna be a bad decision and then like the next day she came back and was like oh yeah the foundation's bad we're not getting that house (laughs) like I was like Hey, that's that's really interesting, you know, so yeah. But I also think that maybe like putting those ethics in places because some people can get so wrapped up in other people's problems that it's like, if you just say, I'm not comfortable with reading on behalf of a third party, then you don't have to get sucked into the drama of somebody like going through a divorce or a custody battle or whatever, because you're just like, no, I don't read for situations like that. And sometimes in like reading groups on Facebook, people will be like, no legal, no medical, no third right. party. And it's like, okay, so that means that they just want to focus only on the person. And that's fine, but that's that reader's choice. Choice. Rather than like 
a policy. You're right. There's no, like, tarot school that tells us tarot ethics. No, that's the problem. There's, like, 500 tarot <laughs> schools that tell you what tarot <laughs> ethics are. That's why it gets so confusing. That have that have certifications <laughs> that mean nothing. Yeah, so. but I do think that that leads us to a good point, is that, like, there are ways that you can phrase your question yeah. that is that other people may not be comfortable with to get sort of like an answer that works for those ethical restrictions if you yes. feel them. Yeah. So like, instead of saying like you were saying earlier, is he happier with her than with me? You could say like, how can I be confident in this relationship or what should I know about my relationship with this person? And how can I feel more confident about it or yeah. whatever? Because then it doesn't, it's focused on your own growth rather than being that concerned about what the other people are doing. Yeah. Okay. It's- can I just give you a dog update? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Nathan came downstairs to see if she wanted to go outside. Uh-huh. And the minute he hit the bottom of the stairs, she ran into this room trying to get him to follow her. So she doesn't actually care. If, if we're in bed or not, she just she wants, wants Nathan together. and me to be in the same room. <laughs> she must have thought you got divorced over the weekend. It's like, I mom know, and dad got divorced. He was out of town for like three days and she's like, oh my God, my life yeah. is over. <laughs> if yeah. she could do a tarot reading, she would just obsessively be reading about mom and how dad. we're doing. How are mom and dad? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think especially sometimes we can start feeding that jealousy monster. So yeah. it, yeah, I think just kind of getting out of those unhealthy thought patterns and not, and as readers, not giving into that being in yeah. and, and our concern for the person that comes to us, being able to rephrase the question in a way that makes it better and more healthy for them. I think that's kind of what's important for us as readers in doing right. that. And sometimes if you're like just reading for yourself and you're getting nonsensical answers, sometimes it's because you're way too close to the situation. So you just can't see any negative parts of it. And sometimes it's just because your question is being phrased in a confusing way and you need to be a little bit more direct. Like Mm -hmm. say like what say like saying, what should I know about this is good. If you then pull like two to three cards, if you say, what should I know about this and then get three cards that you don't want and then keep pulling Mm -hmm. it's, it can, you can get really lost in the plot. And so trying to like establish like, here's how many cards I'm going to pull for this position rather than just doing it until you have a until you have like yeah a a tableau of cards yeah exactly (laughs) unless you're doing Lenormand and you're actually doing like a grand tableau which is every single Lenormand card on a table yeah there's just like it's better to you know try to come up with more thoughtful questions and sometimes that could even be brainstorming like get out a notepad and brainstorm this is what my goal is from this reading and here are 16 different ways that I could ask this question and then like narrow it down to the one that seems the most straightforward and simplified. (laughs) Uh, I was watching Instagram live the other day and one of the questions, like it was like the final question I thought was really interesting. It was like, I don't know the question I want to to ask, but the universe yeah. knows what's the answer. Oh, and interesting. I, I thought that was a really interesting way because sometimes you just don't have a question or you you don't even want to do a general reading. You just kind of want to pull some cards. So I really feel – I felt like that like kind of filled a gap that I've yeah. been missing in my own practice because there, there's sometimes I'm like, my brain just cannot formulate a question. I just kind of want to – I just want some – like peace to draw some cards. And so that, that kind of helped fill the gap. Like, okay, like, yeah, I don't know. I can't formulate my question. So the universe kind of knows what it is. So yeah. let me see what the answer is. And then it's almost like once you've done that, you can start formulating actual questions. If yeah. something is sparked, 
Yeah. And be like, oh, well, that was really interesting. That was an interesting message. Like, if I want more clarification, here's how I could start doing that. Yeah. And having that conversation and continuing that conversation after that starting point. But just sometimes you're just so overwhelmed. You're just sort of like, where do I start? I don't know kind of what I'm wanting to ask. So. Well, okay. So if you, again, like we said in the last kind of beginner episode, if you want to have, find a really supportive, excellent group, I mean, plugging our own. Yeah. Our, it's pretty the, amazing. The Wildly Tarot <laughs> Facebook group is really, really awesome. There's like not any weird arguments the way that some of the bigger groups are. And everyone's really down for chatting and like learning together. So yes, I love our group so much. They're so cool fantastic. and chill. We've got like 300 people. And we're nice and small and I like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the best place for it. So anyway, yeah. you can always ask questions there. Or again, if you have additional questions, definitely email us. We just wanted to sort of condense some of the questions that we've gotten into a like, single episode or two episodes of intro stuff. Just because we know that this can be such an overwhelming topic. And if there's a good place to direct a friend of yours who wants to get like involved but seems really confused, then these two episodes would be a good place to start. That's why we called it that. Um, yeah. And it just is instead of saying like, okay, now you have to listen to the entire back catalog to learn yeah. how to read tarot. It's like you can at least get some basics. And then you can also ask additional questions that we're more than happy to answer on the podcast. Exactly. So we do have a question of the day from oh our friend. Oh my gosh, we do. Talila. Loren Tarot. She says, I am moving into a new house. They've accepted our offer and we are in escrow. I would like to know if there is anything coming up that I need to be aware of for the process of finalizing the sale. I would also like to know what I need to know or do to have great energy in the new space. New house. New house. Already. I love new house. My answer to the second question is paint everything light blue. That's always <laughs> how I handle it. <laughs> oh. Sage, open up cleanse the everything, open the windows. That's my like solution to, to part two. Yeah. I will say that I think Mrs. B's guide has some really great like house, house like, warming, warming yes. stuff. So definitely pick up Mrs. B's. What is it? House witchery guide? What is it? Yeah. I think that that's what it's called. That's my favorite. Favorite. Favorite witchy, witchy book. book. I love that book. It's really fun because she it's not like the most basic. So it's definitely one that people who have a little bit of experience, especially with something like candle magic or like basic herbal associations, like Mm -hmm. she's a tiny bit more advanced than some of the more basic ones. But she also tells stories about how she's used stuff in her real life. And it's really, really, really And she's super down to earth. She's not like hoity-toity in her own butt sort of stuff. So... (laughs) The only problem is that she's no longer active. I yeah, it's know. Mrs. B's Guide to Household Witchery. We did try to hunt her down. We I did. found her Facebook. I check it every I once know. in a while. Our detective skills are really good. <laughs> I know, because mostly she's incredible and she stopped being a public figure. Yeah. Um, and she has a lot of really, really, really great articles. Amazing. Um, all over the internet where she's like just incredibly helpful and earthy and, you know, house witchy. And I love her. Yeah. So anyway, that book would be a really good place to start, but we can also pull cards for it. Oh yeah. We'll pull cards too. But just saying, I think she has like a housewarming ritual in there Yeah, or like a, like ushering in like a new house blessing. I want to say. Yeah, totally. Definitely check that one out. And the it's cool a thing for you, our dear Talia Rentero, is that I know that your partner is totally cool with that sort of thing happening. Yes. So it's not even like it's something that you needs to be like more subtle. If he needs to do chanting, I know that <laughs> you've <laughs> expressed to us that he's cool with that. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so how do we want to deal with her question? Um, maybe just like 
general vibe of the house closing process. Yeah. And then maybe like two or three cards for that. And then two or three cards to like what you can do to ensure smoothness. So what would you like to take? Oh, I can do general vibes. Okay. And I will do how to ensure smoothness. Um, I am grounding in the dog tarot. All the Queens are called alpha female. I love that so much, (laughs) which is kind of weird, (laughs) but I was like, what the heck? Um, what the heck is this? Presumably sky is swords, right? Yes. I believe it. Yeah. (laughs) See, this is the problem with using a deck that you're not as familiar with. This was a birthday present from my friend, Tiffany, who does not read tarot, but she got me this deck and a tarot book. Oh, for my birthday because she's a sweetie. And also, when you have a very strong hobby, it's really easy for people to people to buy stuff for you, especially <laughs> yeah, dogs and tarot. That's like a, like a shoe in for Holly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so I got the Five of Sky, which is the Five of Swords, the Queen of Pentacles, uh, Earth Alpha Female. This, which sounds literally like some weird <laughs> Star Trek <Cult>. thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the hermit. And so I think that for the general vibes, there's like an element of just kind of keeping to yourself and keeping your head down and focusing on like the household strength almost like don't be overly demonstrative, like hold kind of keep your thoughts and feelings to yourself and know that you are in a position of strength and like manifestation. And so if you can kind of like, Keep those swords, gather the information that you can take with you. If somebody like says something like keep that in mind and then just like kind of keep to yourself and don't like, I guess from my own house buying process. And for those of those listeners who have never bought a house or don't live in the United States where real estate stuff happens really differently. um, We have long periods of inspection in escrow where the money has gone from, if you're like taking out a mortgage, the money is kind of being held off while they do all these inspections and things. And so sometimes during the inspections, you find problems and you're like, Oh, I really need to like get reimbursed for this. Or I really need to like, we need to renegotiate because of the things that we found. And so I feel like with these cards, it's kind of just saying like, you know, don't, don't make a mountain out of a molehill and like burn everything down for the sake of something petty. Really think about like what you want to be getting out of this and how you can best sort of keep to yourself and just get through the escrow period. Yeah. And that may help with explaining what I drew because I got the five of cups, death, and the nine of wands. So I don't Holy think it, I don't think it'll be as smooth as they're hoping. Like I think there'll be definitely some disappointments. Yeah. In this, I definitely think death means like the change and being like leaning on other people and having that support because that's what in Mermaid Tarot that kind of card means. Like you're going through this trial period, but you're getting yeah, help. Totally. So I don't think that it means that there's not the sale is not going to happen. But I think there's going to be a disappointment that you're going to have to face and leaning on your friends for support and leaning on other people for the support through the time. But the resilience and rebuilding will get you through that. Yeah. Like don't give up like the nine of wands, especially mermaid terror. Like he's rebuilding the wall. Like, so embrace that resilience, embrace like that, um, that you're gonna have to be rebuilding kind of stuff. I don't take that literally. Who knows? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Literally. Yeah. So but the other thing about the five of cups is like, don't focus on the stuff that, is wrong or could go wrong and try to remember that when you do start focusing on that, there are still those things that are going right. Like you're still having exciting changes happen. You're still moving and everything. Yeah. 
exactly. So to me, it's the change is still coming, but just kind of expect some disappointments. But you, if you, you know, pre-know that, that essentially you can kind of prepare for it. <laughs> pre-know so, that. Pre-know that. Do you want to explain to our listeners what's happening with my dog right now? So, so right now, Mac is has thrust herself upon Holly's bosoms. Yeah, she's literally sitting on me. She's sitting like literally on Holly's neck as like a <laughs> neck warmer. Why is she like this? Do you want to pull cards for how to um, keep the vibe high in the new place? Yes. Okay. Let me put these cards back in because that's how I play. Wheel of Fortune. Da, 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 da. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So keeping the vibe high in the house, the Hierophant. So get Mrs. B's book. Read Mrs. Yeah, B's book. Totally. That's what I'm – That's it's, it's supporting what I said. Like this is this is supporting what I said. Thank you, Carl. I was right. I was right. Thank you for telling me. And the three of cups. So I maybe even like entertaining the thought of having like a group ritual at your house. Get oh, your girlfriends yes, together. Girl, I love that. Do it with Holly and Kumar Card Reader. Just do it. The three of cups are all three of you. We have to have other Inland Empire listeners. That's true. That's and now true. I'm inviting all of them all to the your Inland, house. To her new house that's, that's still in escrow. <laughs> And then I have the seven of wands. So definitely like this is own this. Like this is your house. Like defend yeah. it like you would any sort of other space. Um, and yeah, put up those walls of defenses, calling the four corners and all that shit. Yep. Do it. Yep. Exactly. You've got this. Uh, and I got the hanged man and the seven of cups. And so I think that that the hanged man is kind of like I'm probably relating to the idea of you doing a little, a little bit more of like a group community mm-hmm. blessing because that can be uncomfortable if you're if you haven't done that before to be like <laughs> I want all of these other people I want all these options with the seven of cups like let's make this happen and then you're like what I don't what? know if I, I feel comfortable with yeah. this but people want to support you <laughs> yeah exactly and you, that's what you kind of need in this time is it's from the death card you need the support you need this yeah. sort of like embrace from people around you so yes exactly exactly so just lean into it yeah and also exciting and hang in yeah, there because i know I how stressful this is yeah but it'll yeah. be over soon yes that's the thing about escrows is that they have a time period a time period <laughs> <laughs> yeah so now it's time for patreon shout out i'm so excited so i'm going to pull we have two this week Thank you so much, you guys. We really appreciate it. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash wildlyterrapodcast. And also, guess freaking what? What? Our what? decks finally came in. Woo! I've been too scared to open them. <laughs> but that says more about me than about the decks. I'm excited about the decks. But I'm also just like... <gasps> it came on your birthday, and I was like, did she forget about them? <laughs> Nope. What's going on? They're sitting in the middle of my kitchen and have been for a week now. How much do they weigh? Like, is it really heavy? No, it's not as heavy as I would have thought. I think oh. that's one of the reasons that I haven't opened them yet is because we didn't get boxes for them. And so, yeah, because yeah, yeah. we're just going to put them in stamped, hand stamped canvas bags. Yeah. Um, but to like save on paper and stuff. But they, it's just like a pretty reasonably sized box. Oh, hey. It's just we're, sa- we're saving the world, Holly. Exactly. One tarot shipping at a time. But I'm so excited about it. So if you um, are interested in our awesome tarot deck, you should definitely go on patreon.com slash wildly tarot podcast and support us so that you can get one. Yeah. Exciting. Exactly. So, okay. I am going to pull a card for Cassidy. And Cassidy, your card is... The Ace of Swords. Ooh, Love it. Yes. 
And I'm pulling a card for Darla. And let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Your card is the Five of Cups. Oh, Ooh, all right. Darla. So, good luck. <laughs> yes, good luck. We love you. Thank yeah. you all for your support. And thank you so much for your support. We really, really, really do appreciate it. Yeah. It's true. Even if we're scared of our own decks at some it's true. times. Yep. <laughs> yeah. This week, we're talking about the Borderless Smithweight Tarot deck, which we've actually never even touched on a traditional Smithweight Tarot deck before. Well, we kind of, of touched week. on them briefly when we did the Pamela Coleman Smith That's biography. exactly what I was going to say. So okay, we good. talked about it, but we didn't, we've never reviewed a deck that's yeah. like a true Smithweight actual deck. So this is the first time. And we're excited because this is actually my favorite of these sorts of decks. Yeah, I have uh, many, and this is the best one. <laughs> I have had two other uh, Smithweight decks. One was the Radiant Rider Weight, and that I really liked as a beginner deck. But I think that now, if I were starting, I would suggest this as a beginner deck. Yeah. And then I also had the Centennial in a tin, which is little, like purse sized, and it has the exact same color scheme as the Borderless, only yeah. smaller. Only small. <laughs> miniature size exactly for smith weights i started off with the miniature centennial one and then i got the universal because i needed a bigger version and then i got the radiant and i liked the radiant because i could read with it with kids and they could see the pictures really bright yeah because i um i don't know if people knew i was asked to do a tarot lesson for like middle schoolers and so which was really interesting and stuff like that so i was basically doing like one card readings for all the kids in class that was a really good deck because the kids could see the pictures and stuff and then I moved on to the borderless and haven't looked back since I know I just love it so much and I think that that kind of leads us to the general vibes because uh it is a Rider Waite Smith deck and so it is kind of medieval in some of the like clothing and it feels a little bit dated and some people fully just cannot connect to RWS decks at all but I think that this I really like because it's sort of it feels more historically accurate and so it seems kind of like a standard with which to like learn and grow i definitely think it's dated like it's a piece of historical like history technically yeah like you know where it's from a time that didn't have diversity or stuff well, like that not in the not in the esoteric community right that arthur Waite was in charge was of. in charge of yeah <laughs> So, or, or, yeah, a part of. So there's not, like, that that's incorporated into the deck at all. There's no, like, female representation pretty much, except for, like, a couple cards. Yeah. You know, so you, you kind of get that, um, the feeling that it is dated. But it's kind of, like, it's historical. Like Yeah. It's, and it's also just, like, what so many other decks are based on. That if you yeah. have to choose one, at least choose one that has such beautiful colors. Like, yeah. that's the thing about the Borderless is that it's really muted but kind of lush and Mm -hmm. so it's not like kind of the same feeling of neon as the radiant but i know that there are some other there's one that people call the dirty pam or something because it looks so smudged like the renderings of the people look really smudged and this is not that this is very clear it seems incredibly crisp in some ways and the colors are really 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 fantastic so it's a good one to read to to read for other people with or a good one for you to kind of learn the symbolism with and then you can move on to something that you connect with more like because of representation issues or whatever later i've used this deck in in like bigger group readings and like the symbols are instantly recognizable because this is what people see on their tvs yeah so i think it's really 
in and it's good in that aspect where the people where people like you see the three of uh three of swords and they're like automatically like oh this three of swords like yeah this, exactly meanwhile like the three of swords from dog tarot doesn't look like a three of swords so people are like what does that mean yeah you know so i think because it is historical and kind of what everything is based off of in that aspect i think it's valuable and the symbols are kind of transcendent mm, is that it is i that think the word? so it's easily transferable to modern decks so, yeah, like, if you totally. recognize a judgment card and there's, like, an angel, like, oh, that's judgment. Okay, I get it. So. Yeah, you can see that represented in other places. Exactly, yeah. So, types of readings, I think we kind of touched on it, just, like, general. Everything, like, yeah. Yeah, you can do this for really anything. Um, It's just kind of, like, the standard. Yeah. <laughs> Super glamorous for a deck of the week choice, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to have a standard somewhere. And exactly. Yeah, I think this one... It, I think this version of it is the best standard because there's no borders, so nothing takes away. The art is beautiful. So I think this is a good standard to have. Yeah, totally. What are your favorite cards? Okay, so it's hard to choose favorite cards because they're since it's so dated and there's much better representation like in a different decks. Yeah, for each of them. For each, every card. But I just kind of chose ones that are meaningful to me, like in general from um the deck but also like that are instantly like recognizable first is the moon i do like the moon this, the lobster doesn't make much sense to me because why is a lobster in a lake there's that doesn't exist in real life but it could be a crawdad i'm pretty sure it's not a crawdad that doesn't <laughs> that's like lobster size the lobster is almost as big as a dog so yeah it's like a dog size. it's like a prehistoric creepy <laughs> creepy lobster <laughs> but especially this deck because the colors are muted it's beautiful yeah like all the, col- the colors go in calm so you don't get that sense of like you're going through the moon okay yeah and then i like the sun which is really like even with weird the naked for me. baby <laughs> but he but you can't see his penis so it's fine so because that's what i have a problem with in other decks like it's suddenly like a very naked baby not just like a like an implied naked baby yeah that's fair <laughs> and i like the nine of pentacles because i just think like it's one of the mo- more even like it's just yeah. one of the more beautiful nine of pentacles, like in any kind of deck. And the yellow, I mean, I don't know. I think that maybe it's because the colors are so muted that even the cards that are so yellow, especially yes. that one, just still feel peaceful in some way. Yeah, because I don't like yellow, but I like that card. <laughs> um, I think the two of swords, because of all the blues, I love the contrasting love blues, the and swords. it's so beautiful. My old friend. I know. We get to talk about it later today for our Patreon episode. Are you ready for it? Oh my gosh, yes! yes. And the star. I think the star, it's not religious in any sort of way, so I like it. <laughs> yeah, I love that star. And it's so pretty with the muted tones of this deck. And of course, the Three of Cups in any deck is sort of my go-to card. And yeah, all the fertility around the women the and all the plants and they're all having fun. It's just so cute. Yeah, and actually I like the Queen of Wands, which there's not many other queens that I really like. I think the Queen of Pentacles is very lush and stuff like that, but the Queen of Wands just kind of speaks to me. And then, of course, I don't think we would have, like, any sort of tarot in media at all if we didn't have the Three of Swords, because it's everywhere. Like, (laughs) I think it's more recognizable than the Death card. Like, if you pull this out... I feel like that is like the most recognizable card. So those are kind of my favorites. I think most iconic from the deck as a whole and that are important in tarot reading in general. So and yeah, totally. So I also have the three of cups because, you know, it's just the best. It is the best. I just love the three of cups, but I also have the queen of pentacles because that's kind of similar to you with the uh, nine of pentacles. Like it's very, very yellow as a card, but it is still sort of soothing. Yes. 
And then I also had the two of cups because of all the blues. I just love it. The world and the hermit, all of those are blue. So actually the four of my five favorites all are super blue, but I always really love the hermit um, because it just like symbolizes so much of what we're going for. And we've talked about this on the podcast before of just like kind of wanting that solitude a little bit. Yeah. And the world I love because of the wreath. I just think that it oh, looks yeah. like that image. I know that like I would like to have blown up somewhere in mm-hmm. my house. Um, but I've also heard that that's bad luck and I'm just not willing to risk it. <laughs> um, the two of cups I always love, but I especially love the color choices for this. I think that it kind of like the house that's on the hill behind them sort of pops out because oh, it's the yeah. only red on the bottom half besides the shoes. So I really like that. And yeah, I think that those are my favorites. And also, as I was saying this, I just realized that when I spilled my tea earlier, some of it got on this deck. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> this is mass market. It's my it's easily attainable. that I'm taking when I insist on having three different beverages on the table while I'm recording. <laughs> With a dog who insists on your in- on getting on your attention. On my constant attention. It's like, I want to sit on you. And actually, now the bottom has some tea stains on it. Oh, that, but that's not bad. I think that's really like <laughs> me getting blood on Hedgewitch Botanical. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bless you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So many sneezes. I know. It's just allergy season. They're, they're what's barley harvesting, I think. So all of the barley is in the air. Ugh, barley? Rude. Barley or wheat. One of those. <laughs> all right. So do we want to pull a card to represent our relationships? Yes, let's not do with it. each other or not with, with other each people. other with other people deck, with, with the deck. <laughs> I, mine is going to be like buy a new one because you, you dumbass can ruin me. me. Yeah. What would be a buy a new one? Six of Pentacles, five of Pentacles, six of Pentacles, and the Hierophant maybe. I don't know. Huh, and death. We'll and death. <laughs> Okay, I got seven of swords. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that card. The yellow is much better in that card than any deck. And I got judgment, my card of the year. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. So <laughs> it's my calling. This is, it's just saying that this is my calling. Tarot. Yes, my exactly. Calling. Thanks. And mine is saying like, stop using other decks and spend more time with me. I think. Oh, yeah. Might as well. You're going to be spending more time this week with it. Anyway, oh, my gosh. So. And Judgment was at the bottom of the deck. Oh, ooh, interesting. <laughs> That's kind of creepy, creepy. What are you doing, Smithwaite deck? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> Next week, we are going to review, what is it called? Jeopardize. Oh, yeah. Jeopardites. Jeopardites. It might be someone's last name, but there's no way to know until next week's episode when we talk about it. (laughs) But yeah, it's a very super artsy deck. And so we're going to And we'll put it in the show notes so that you can, uh, of this episode, so that you can look it up. Get it before next week. Yeah. It it is a really super funky deck. So that's our show. Don't forget to email us your questions. We'll take life questions or questions about tarot. And you can email them to us at wildlytarotpodcast at gmail.com. Or massage us. Message. Massage us. Or massage us. <laughs> Please massage us. I'm fine with that too. At Wildly Tarot Podcast on Instagram. Also, tell your friends about us and write and review us. We had some new reviews last week and that made me so happy. Yay! So thank you. It helps us grow. And of course, it makes us overjoyed that you appreciate us Listen so much. To, I mean, it's review. just so wild. I mean, thank yeah. you for listening to us. 
Also, you can follow us on Instagram for pictures of the decks we're using or join our Facebook community by searching Wildly Tarot Podcast on Facebook. Also, we post bonus content on Patreon with Moon Minutes community readings. And, oh, we're continuing our Tarot of Wildly minis going through the minors. And we just started with the swords. Yes, so, true. Yes. Yeah, so if you want to support us at the full overall higher, you can access all of our episodes and bonus stuff. So we are at patreon.com slash Wildly Tarot Podcast. And remember, go forth and tarot wildly this week. We love you. <laughs> we love you. Thank you for bearing with Thank us. Thank you for loving us despite <laughs> ourselves. Like a ten of pentacles has never been so frustrating. <laughs> too much abundance. There's too much abundance. Too much abundance. Too much neediness from the fam. Oh, all right. Love you guys. Love you. <laughs>